The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday morning. My name is Bryce Kuhn. He is Glenn West, and we're joined all the way back down from Orlando, Florida, the most magical place on earth, Disney itself, Mr. Dylan Sanders. Dylan, we haven't heard from you in a while. Are you, uh, did, did you enjoy your time down there? Oh, yeah. It was a great, great, great time. Great vacation. Great time away. But uh, I'm glad to be back and watching some uh, women's basketball. I'll put the emphasis Women's on. basketball. Women's basketball. We're talking a little women's yeah. hoops today. And uh, for good reason. For absolutely good reason. We teased this in the last episode, and we wanted to talk about today. A big win as we're recording this on Sunday against Texas A&M on the road, which, look, I don't care what you rank. Winning on the road in the SEC is a tough thing to do. LSU comes out with a win, 72-66. to and look, we're going to talk about this team because we have not yet. But Dylan, I know you've been following it, you know, really closely, uh, and and Glenn and I have been kind of monitoring from afar as well. This is a team that's uh, you know playing really well. They've had some shaky, some some nerve wracking games, especially that Georgia game uh, in the PMAC. But kind of what's your what's your big takeaway? What what are the themes of this team here in twenty twenty three? Um, it's Angel Reese is the theme. Is the a dose front, of Angel Reese center? More yeah. of Angel Reese and more. Yeah, more, more, more. Um, she's a walking double-double. She has yet to not finish with a double-double as an LSU Tiger, which is just insane. 23 straight. She got her. She got, She had it in the first half of this game uh, against Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And it, I, th- I think she has – she almost reached 50 rebounds against Texas A&M this year <laughs> in two games. Good. Uh, and – she didn't play like half of the first quarter against them last time. And she finished with 26 rebounds like last time over 28 a day. It's absurd. She is so fun to watch. She's so confident. Um, this team is the most fun LSU basketball product I've watched in a long, long time. Hmm. Um, Use the word LSU period. basketball. Women's or men's? LSU, women's or men's. This is, you know, Will Wade had a couple of fun teams. But this is the most fun basketball team that mm. they have the most, the most energy, the most confidence. It, it, talking to the players, watching them, 
them play equivalent to the 2019 football team, but they have that swagger about them. Uh, yeah. Angel Reese has that top of the line superstar mentality. Um, and she's just really good. And what's maybe almost just as important is that uh, Alexis Morris is really coming into her own. She, you know, this is her fourth school in five years. Uh, she was on the team last year. She's had a rough go of things. Um, she was the shooting guard last year, transitioned to point guard, really struggled to start off the year. But now it feels like whenever there's any clutch moment that someone needs to do something, she's hitting a huge shot. Yeah. Um, she's transformed. She's, you know, goes by Lex Luthor now, uh, which is fantastic. Um, everyone has nicknames. Angel Reese is Bayou Barbie. Um, Kim Mulkey is as Kim Mulkey as ever. Um, it's just great. The fans have been amazing these past couple games um, against Georgia and against Tennessee. I yeah. think with the struggles of the men's team, people have been wanting to find that something to latch onto. And here's this women's team that uh, is uh, going to be ranked number two soon in the country, playing mm-hmm. number one South Carolina before the Super Bowl uh next sunday it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast it's just i can't remember a time in my lifetime where the women's team has been this fun i mean that's because they haven't (laughs) um just truthfully it's it's a great time to be an lsu women's basketball fan i can tell you that much yeah glenn i want to throw it to you because you know dylan's in school at lsu right now you preceded him not too many years, but you you were you were yeah. there, obviously. I mean, have you seen other than twenty nineteen football? I mean, what other athletic program, maybe baseball in the sense, has captivated the fan base as much? I mean, look, I I'm not down there, but it doesn't take long for you to watch the game on ESPN. You know, wherever you're watching it, uh, to, you know, to see the social media post. I mean, it's the PMAC is packed out for these women's games, and it's really cool to see. Yeah, I mean, I I can't really recall outside of 2019 football um, a, a, a team really kind of grabbing this much attention and, and keeping it for as long as they have. Um, you, there are a couple teams that I think probably in the past, you know, LSU gymnastics for a good stretch of my college career uh, was always packing the PMAC and um, it was a number one, number two, number three ranked team uh, for most of the time that I was in college. Um but yeah, I mean, look, the the Will Wade team that went to the Sweet 16 was a really fun team to watch, really fun team to cover. Um, but they didn't have their coach for the NCAA tournament, and mm-hmm. they were marred in uh, just uh, <laughs> controversy. <laughs> a lot. Uh, good, a good lot. choice of words. I, yeah, just I was a lot of to things. Find the word, uh, and and they just yeah, I mean they they fizzled out at the end there, which of course yeah. happens with every team it's not you know the, the national championship but uh yeah i mean it, it's been a really fun team to watch um and you know i've i've certainly been tuning into more games recently and um i've been really impressed with alexis morris too i think she mm-hmm. um has become the number two player on this team um you know she had a, a bunch of turnovers today in the the, the win um but she, you you can tell that they really lean on her a lot uh, especially on the perimeter uh, to, to, to help pull these games out. And, you know, I think she's, uh, like Dylan said, come into her own a little bit here. And uh, I certainly haven't watched a, a women's team that has has been as, you know, gripping and fun to watch as this one has. I mean, I I, mean, I, I caught the tail end of the Simone Augusta, Sylvia Fowles era. I was 
like maybe eight or nine when that was going on in the you know mid 2000s and you know i was watching as a little kid but didn't really have a a great sense of what the women's program was like and i think you know kim mulkey and credit to the the job that she's done and, and credit to uh how these players have really bought into what she's built in the first couple of years here uh they, they've got something special and i think they can certainly uh continue to be a a, a a you know a championship contender year in and year out and yeah. you know it's funny we're talking about how good they are at basketball this they're just the the vibe on the team being different uh their third best player flage johnson is on america's got talent on monday night yeah. uh yeah, that, yeah. i was she, like wow she's a phenomenal rapper she during like the 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 preseason uh preseason like hype rally she had a she did a concert like just this whole team is just it's just different and it's it's really yeah. fun to be around really infectious um and it's it's fun to see like the death dome coming back because that game against Tennessee was truly one of the loudest environments I've ever been in um just because it is so being caused LSU it caused LSU to have problems like mm-hmm. on on the offensive side they Whenever your own fans are causing a uh, shot clock violation on your own on yourself, it's a it's a crazy environment in there. Yeah, and I think too, it's building up to. I mean, look, it's been a fantastic season, um, but I think what we're all we've all circled on the calendar is obviously next Sunday. I mean that that this is the game where you kind of get to see. Okay, look, Kim Mulkey's done a fantastic job. Angel Reese has become not one of the just more polarizing players. I would say just in the women's game, but on men or women in the college game right now. I mean, people are starting to take notice. So I'll open this up, and Dylan, we'll go to you and then, and then kind of back to Glenn on this. The emergence of Alexis Morris, we kind of talked about this. It, it's key, and it's happening at the right time for this team as they get prepared to go on the road to Columbia, which is, I think, what it, it sold out like two or three weeks ago. I mean, this game was like it, – it's been sold out for a while. I mean, I think these – I don't know what the attendance is there at uh, Colonial Life Arena, I think it's called. Um but look, I mean, what what would too early look? What would you say at this game? What's important? I mean, Alexis Morris has to be there because everyone knows the name Angel Reese. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting if you look at these two teams, um, Angel Reese and uh, Aaliyah Boston, obviously the mm-hmm. marquee matchup. But South Carolina is kind of the same team in that their second best player is their point guard, Zaya Cook. So it's it's. Powers versus powers in this one, and it's going to be you know just going to have to will, will it out. The I, I will say LSU. The thing that worries me is depth and and wear and tear because this team, the past couple uh, games, has been visibly tired. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's catching up to them. I mean, Mulkey did it last year, doing it again, just kind of because they have to. They're like starters are playing like 37 minutes a game out of a 40 minute game. Yeah. So whenever you play that much, it, uh, it starts to wear on you and it's kind of being, it's kind of obvious there. Like these players aren't used to this level of work and they're powering through it. They're winning, which is the important thing. Um, and they do have a little bit of a benefit in that they don't play a game until South Carolina and South That's Carolina huge. does still, ha- South Carolina still has another game ahead of their game. And they're com- South Carolina is coming off of a, hu- a really hard-fought game against UConn today. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it, that is a, a the biggest nod in LSU's favor because 
the question's always been, has, is this team really good? They haven't really played anybody, and that's a fair, that's a valid point. But yeah. whenever you're winning your games against these no nobodies that people like to, you know, say the SEC are, which I don't really believe. Uh, if you're winning your games by like 20 points, uh, what else are you supposed to do? You're doing and, what you're asked. Uh, I mean, you can only yeah. do you can only play the schedule you're dealt, and, and they're doing it in dominating fashion. Yeah, I think the talents. I don't. I think the talents there. There's no longer. I don't think there's a question of this team's good enough. It's do they have enough gas in the tank to stand with a South Carolina whenever you only have six players who can really contribute, um, yeah. and maybe seven if you know someone has a good night off the bench. So it, it's really, really going to be an awesome game, I think, because both teams are they're similar. South Carolina doesn't isn't the deepest team in the country. They are deeper uh, just because of how long that uh, Don Staley has been able to build that program out. Mm-hmm. They have multiple recruiting classes of players, transfers. They are, they're more set up for success right now than LSU is. But talent to talent, these two, these two teams are not as far away as I think people give LSU credit for. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll, I'll bounce off that even a little bit. I mean, I think part of the benefit of having a schedule like that where LSU kind of – you know, really had their way with a lot of these teams in the first 15, 17, 18 games of the year is that you're able to kind of rest some of your players at the end of these games. I mean, LSU was winning these games by 40, 50, 60 points at, at some times. And, um, you know, I was just doing a quick look at the the minutes. I mean, the highest minutes right now on the team are uh, Angel Reese, who's played 760 out of a possible 920 minutes uh, in the season, which is a lot. Um, but you know, also, uh, you've got, um, you know, Alexis Morris who's played 721, but then you've got Foje Johnson who's played 598 and that's the third highest on the team. And I think that, you know, she's they're They're all very young and they all got great legs, fresh legs. And, you know, I think that's going to be really, uh, you know, beneficial to LSU, you know, as you know, the fact that they were able to have such a, a great start to their season and get a lot of people involved in the program and in the, in, 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 in these games that, um, you know, that really helps in terms of just what you're looking at is in terms of, uh, keeping your, 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 your legs fresh and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens in South Carolina. I think, you know, the X factor of the game is, is going to be Floge. I think that, uh, LSU really, if they get, you know, I think you've come to expect LSU to get really good performances out of Alexis Morris and out of Angel Reese. But uh, if they can get another really stout performance from their true freshman guard, who's the number one player in the country coming into this year, um, they're they're in real good shape. And I think that they're a really tough out if 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 all three of those uh, young women come to play and and, and play well. Yeah, and it's going to be exciting. I imagine that's going to be a primetime matchup. I don't know what they have it slated on TV-wise yet, but I imagine, it, like you said, Dylan, with Stanford falling on Sunday, uh, LSU, I mean, it would be crazy if they don't move up into that number two spot. So number one against number two going to be setting up for uh, – I mean, look, that's that's your that's your Super Bowl appetizer right there. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. That's As I'm downing the uh, the wings and the and the celery sticks, I do eat the celery sticks. I'm weird like that. Um, celery sticks I'll are be, awesome. Uh, they're, they're good, thank you. you I like the appropriate amount of ranch. Celery sticks. They're oh, they're both great. All right, they're both great. They're both great. Um, <laughs> no, they go it's better be fun to with watch. wings than fries, I think. Um, but yeah, you know, some people 
might look at the Super Bowl as the dessert to LSU versus South Carolina. I think it's going to be a great game. I really do. I like it. Um, I think it's going to, you know, I, I don't think I would go in if we're doing a pick them. I don't think I'd pick LSU to win, honestly. But really, you don't have to win, I don't think, against South Carolina this Sunday. It's not a must win for LSU. They've made themselves known. They've built out their resume enough. You just got to compete, show that you belong, and you can show yeah. that you belong without winning. And uh, then you'll have two to three, uh, one or two more matchups against South Carolina this year at some point. Is, yeah. is it's it's like. going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, obviously, that'll be on Sunday at 1 p.m. Central, I believe, uh, is, the, is the tip off for that one. So a lot of fun. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Well, listen, uh, if you enjoy women's basketball and you like LSU basketball, now is when uh, Glenn is going to let you know how disappointing the men have been over the past, I, I think it's a safe to say month now. It's, it's, we're officially in the month of February. So January was a disappointing month uh, for the men. So uh, we want you to keep watching, so make sure you do. But uh, this is where we have to do the – I thought about time this episode, the good, the bad, and the ugly – and uh, this this might be the bad and the ugly. So certainly falls under that category. Yeah. Falls under the category for sure. So let's talk about this. There's been a lot of and, and Dylan, I've as I've continued to follow and get more ingrained in the social media side of things of LSU Twitter, which is a fun place to be sometimes, um, <laughs> and other times it's interesting to watch. You've interacted a lot in this in the sense of you know fans are restless, fans are a little bit frustrated. Glenn, you, you we we mentioned this that. Um, you can tell attendance wise uh, that you know it's it's there's a difference right now with just you know going back to when LSU hosted uh, Tennessee and Georgia and then looking back at the men's a uh, couple of games the the big difference there but the game on Saturday afternoon um, I don't know about you I haven't followed the LSU men's program as closely as you guys have over the past couple of years I was. Not surprised by the outcome, but maybe the margin, if that makes sense. I, I, we saw a lot of fight out of Matt McMahon's team, um, even in what can only be described, Glenn, as a really poor offensive night 
uh, from the field. I mean, they shot 30% from the field, 25%. Um, Alabama shot 44% from the field, 44% from beyond the arc, and this game still was only a 10-point loss. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, that, that I mean, that you just kind of hit the nail on the head there. I mean, they just cannot shoot the ball with any efficiency right now, and, and that's why they are uh, in this, you know, 10-game losing streak that they're currently on. Um, but with that being said, um, to, to also your point, they, they, they won a lot of the little things uh, on Saturday against Alabama, which really helped them stay in this game. Uh, you know, they, until about the seven-minute mark of the second half, they only had two turnovers in the game, which uh, was something that I never thought I'd see with this team. I mean, I, it's just <laughs> it's it's really rare that you see a college basketball team be that uh, careful with the basketball. Mm-hmm. And LSU did a really good job uh, for the first you know 30, 33 minutes of the game uh, in that respect. And uh, that you saw them getting out in transition a little bit more because they had some good defensive possessions. Um, they uh, off, the offensive rebounds have been through the roof the last three or four games. They've got to be a little bit more efficient in converting off of those second chance opportunities. They still haven't done a, a great job of that. Um, but uh, you got to take small wins where you can. And I think this was yeah. a, a much better effort uh, overall performance uh, and just kind of hope what you hope to expect with this team uh, as they try to climb themselves out of this a little bit. I mean, they, that a couple weeks ago, this was a train wreck. I mean, in terms of mm-hmm. morale, confidence, uh, everything within the program, everybody that I've talked to, it was just a really rough uh, couple weeks, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, after that first Alabama loss, really, where they went into Tuscaloosa and got blown out by 40. Um, it was it was not a good place, and it and it's you know slowly and slowly but surely I think starting to rebound a little bit and come back up to the surface level of what you hope uh, this program can be built on moving forward. And um, you know we'll we'll get into maybe why that is a little bit you know in the next couple minutes here. But um, I think that you know they've started to show you that they uh, you know they can claw out a few more wins in SEC play, maybe finish this thing off with a little bit of of confidence heading into the off season. Um, but there's no doubt there needs to be uh, a serious evaluation of the roster and, and, and the types of players they're bringing in mm-hmm. next year. Um, because this has been a really, uh, really poor situation. And I think, uh, you know, nobody knows that more than Matt McMahon. He, you know, you can see it on his face in the post games and then, you know, talking with him before games as well. Uh, they've they've got to get this ship on the right track. Yeah, and two, before we kind of jump ahead, I do want to give credit because junior Derek Fountain had a good game, a really good game. And what I was most impressed with, his ability to get the line, 12 of 15 from the free throw line, drew nine fouls, something that I think that fans have wanted to see him especially, which I, uh, you know, credit to the SID staff, they put this in the postgame recap. Ironically, his previous career high was in the PMAC when he played against Miss, when he played as Mississippi State Bulldog against uh, LSU, and he had 20, but 26 points, uh, six of nine from the field, including two of three from beyond the arc, and then 12, 15 for the line. So that's a positive. I mean, you see him get going. That is kind of the answer where Glenn, I think, at the beginning of January, we talked about, look, they got to have another option, right? multiple other options. Fountain doing that. Now, yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. Like that, that was really big for me seeing him do that. Yeah, and, and look, when I was just talking about why the reason they're starting to pull themselves out of it a little bit, I think uh, Fountain and his leadership have been a big part of that. I mean, mm-hmm. I asked him yesterday just, I mean, what 
the morale of the players is like. We haven't really spoken with players a whole ton after these losses. They just and respect and and admittedly, rightfully, probably so. They just don't like talking about you know losing so much. And so, yeah. um, but he was very open with us yesterday. I thought he gave a couple great answers. We'll have something up on that. Uh, you know, later Monday morning on on our site, and um, I, I just kind of go back to a quote that Mac McMahon said yesterday as well about Fountain, and he kind of just said he embodies everything that I want to build in this program. Hmm. You know, from you know, relentless effort and energy, and being all about the team, and um, you know, he's he's really kind of stepped into uh, the main leader of this team, I would say, and. Uh, you know, and and I think McMahon's exact quote was people respect toughness and people respect guys uh, who put the team above themselves. And he checks all of those boxes. Uh, we need to keep building around that and make it more contagious to the entire program moving forward. So, I mean, that mm. just gives you a little insight there into how, you know, kind of fractured uh, is, is maybe a better word for just how this program has been for about a month now. And uh, I think the fact that you're starting to see it with their habits and what they're practicing, uh, it's, it's translating to, to the to the court at least a little bit. And you're, you're starting to see some small wins even in the losses. And uh, I think probably the biggest thing that you've got to hope for is that they just kind of shoot themselves out of this. I mean, they've just been in a really, really bad offensive slump uh, during this stretch. And, you know, 10 games is a large sample size, and it's not going to be easy to pull yourself out of that uh, in terms of the poor shooting efforts. But – uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you've got to, you got to think those averages will start to even out for you eventually. Yeah. And they've got a couple winnable games on the schedule. I mean, this is not, you don't look at any of those games. I mean, they're going to go on the road to they played some elite defensive teams too. Oh, and, and we talked about so, it. I think I put that yeah. piece together of the stretch that they had coming up was ridiculous. I mean, it was very yeah. hard, but they're going to have Georgia, South Carolina, Vanderbilt three in a row where you feel like, Hey, they've got a shot to go and win all of those games. Just one of them being on the road. And that's in Athens. Uh, I want to spend the rest of this podcast talking about this. And so, Dylan, I want to throw it to you. Look, there's been a lot of talk on our boards uh, about, you know, uh, the, the conversation of what what's what was the realistic expectation. And we could probably do a whole podcast episode on just this right here. But I want to try to fit it in here because you've been pretty vocal about this on social media in the sense of, look, this was inher- this was a mess that was inherited. Um, now, Glenn, is, and rightfully so, has said that, you know, Things do need to change. It's not an excuse for saying that we that things need to happen. That uh, you know LSU fans should say we need to see some differences made next year. Um, but are you hitting the panic button as much as some folks are in this situation? I mean, look, I get the nervousness of a seven-year contract. I get that nervousness. But uh, you know, I, I came from covering a school that gave a football coach seven years, and it was a disaster. So you know, those those things right there. But where do you kind of sit on the fence in this? This is something interesting, the, kind of the future of this program. I mean, I think that there's a reason that it was a seven-year contract. Um, it gives them time. I have not been quiet in that. I think the uh, the old coach had this program, put this program in a place where it was beyond repair in one offseason, I think, to even be a competitive basketball team and i think we've seen where they have just had they've been slightly competitive at times but over in the overall they're i mean they're one and nine in the sec or uh, some along those lines and it's, one and nine that's bad but lost him yeah. straight yeah yeah um they are yeah it's it's not good but i think that this is kind of 
It's not what you want to expect, but I think you could have expected something similar to this in terms of a huge step down to where it's been. This team, uh, Matt McMahon was was given a, a rough hand um, and is playing through that hand right now while eyes are still towards the future. Um, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not placing the, hitting the panic panic button that much on the future. I think that this is maybe the worst case scenario. Yeah. For year one, um, and it just happened to be the worst case scenario happened. Uh, and you look at all these other coaches like Kim Mulkey getting a three seed in her first year. Jay Johnson, you know, he didn't reach Omaha, so I mean that could be disappointing for some people. <laughs> Brian Kelly's first year. All of these coaches are having huge successes in their first year, and then you look at Matt McMahon and it's like, come on, what are you? What are you doing? Pick it up. Yeah. And it just hasn't it hasn't happened yet. Um, but I think that this is kind of a more realistic. This, I mean, this is what people thought that the football team was going to be after mm. one game. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm not hitting the panic button for the future of the team yet. I think he was given a really rough hand, and it's playing out in the bad scenario. But I don't think that says that much about him overall as a coach. And I'm not saying, oh, well, they need to, you know, go ahead and start looking for someone else. This isn't going to work out. Yeah, it would set you I mean, back biggest, further, in my opinion, if you did that. Yeah, like, and, and look, the biggest thing um, that I think you need to accomplish over the next month is just, you know, develop some level of buy-in from from everyone. I mean, right mm -hmm. now they're, you know, it seems like there's half the team that's bought in, and then the other half are, you know, just just itching to get into the portal or just move on from the program. You, you've got to get. Um, everybody on board i think by the end of the season and you reevaluate things and, and look this is there's going to be some massive turnover here i think um in the first season um uh, first off season i think you know look one of the things that i had questions about coming into the year was the size and you're seeing that play out they just don't have a ton of size a ton of depth uh at, at their forwards and big man spots uh and that's something that you know, i think mcmahon is going to have to really uh attack this off season it's not breaking news that they need to get longer and a little bit quicker and, um, you know, just get some get some more SEC-looking kind of defensive wings and guys that can shoot the ball a little bit better uh, than maybe LSU has this year. Um, you know, they, they, they've got some areas to fill out. And, you know, I think probably the, the part of all this that's, you know, been overlooked, I think, for much of the season uh, was not only that McMahon had to rebuild this roster literally from scratch. I mean, he had zero players – uh, by the time all the all the guys hopped into the portal, he, you know, he re-recruited a couple of them. But the the bigger picture here is that, you know, the NCAA still hasn't leveled any kind of penalties on LSU yet for what happened with Will Wade and and this program. And I'm not expecting there to be any kind of, uh, you know, postseason bans or anything, but there could be recruiting restrictions that are lifted or, mm -hmm. or enacted uh, for a year or two here. Um that kind of restrict what McMahon's allowed to do. And so until that kind of comes to light and what we know for sure is going to be the penalties, I, I'm not sure that you can really recruit to your best effort uh, if you're Matt McMahon right now. So you're looking at the transfer portal being a really heavy usage uh, this year. Um, you know, I think that's probably needed for this group. Um, but you've got to establish some kind of culture because, um, you know, there's, there's – it's only one year in, but, you know, it's going to get to a point here pretty soon where, you know, you're going to have to start 
producing some and showing some yeah. improvement and showing some, that the program is going on the right track. And I think they have a chance to do that here in the latter half of this schedule. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we we kind of went was, the next couple games in that sense of you know where they've got some winnable games. This next stretch is huge. I mean, look, guys, I don't know. I mean, listen, it's it's just what do they say in the SEC? It's uh, it just means more. I mean, that's what they say. the The heat's going to be turned up if they don't win another game. It's going to be it's going to be bad in in the sense of not realistically maybe not really bad because hopefully the administration understands the situation as well but the fan base in the in the sense of it, it would be really bad but dylan go ahead i was just gonna say yeah like he was rebuilding a team from scratch from scratch with the barrel of the death penalty being pointed at the school for a while is what it felt like so i i yeah it'll be interesting to see given the the rough rough start how with maybe less fear of the NCAA you know still knowing that punishment's yeah. going to happen but it's not looking like it's going to be as bad some people thought it was going to be like years of the postseason yeah. being like gone like you're not going to get that yeah uh, it's, no, it's, it's not going to get that so i, I think it's not going to be I, I think SMU it'll football. be <laughs> yeah i so i think that uh it'll be Maybe with the fears being a little bit lighter from the NCAA, maybe that opens up a little bit more of being able to be like, hey, well, we can make the postseason. We just yeah. need the players to. Yeah. They need the players to. And, and I, I agree with what you said, Dylan, or Glenn, as well. You have to establish identity, whether it is a key transfer that can come in or a young player um, or a guy like Derek Fountain that, you know, he, he just becomes the guy that the team and the fan base can look to. That's a lot of pressure. But look, that's why you know, you're playing Division One Power Five basketball, and, and I think it'd be really good to, to to have that as well. But look, the men's team, uh, obviously, you know, with a disappointing stretch, no doubt about it. But they're going to be on the road this week at Mississippi State, and then come back home on Saturday against Texas A and M. Uh, some winnable games in the future, and it would bode well for the fan base for McMahon, and also lift the heavy cloud that is above that locker room. I think as well, and Glenn provided some good insight on that. He's going to have some more pieces on that uh, this week. Women's team, big game. We talked about it against South Carolina coming up on Sunday. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure that we will talk about that as well uh, as we surround ourselves with uh, the Super Bowl coverage. And Glenn opts for carrots. I opt for celery. And Dylan just opts for no fries uh, with his wings. I mean, a little bit of both. A little bit of both celery and carrot, all right. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Dylan nearly left us. He almost made it through the entire podcast, but hey, there, there we, we go. go. He's he's back and wonderful as ever. Dylan, it's great to have you back. Glenn, we're going to be talking uh, football. Baseball is nearly in full swing. Going to be a lot of fun. We are getting so I'm close. Sorry for baseball season. Um, going to be a lot of fun. we got some good stuff coming out on that as well. He is Glenn West. He is also Dylan Sanders. Not he and he, but you get what I'm saying here. They he is Glenn West and Dylan Sanders. I'm Bryce Coon saying so long. This is the Go 24-7 Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button. Hit the notifications bell down below so you know when the latest content comes out. And if you're listening, whether anywhere you get your audio podcast, whether it's your drive home, whether it's a workout or run, uh, make sure to give us a like and leave a comment as well. What you think? Women's program, men's program. Kind of a little mid-season recap for both as we get ready and kind of into the final stretch as we get ready for conference tournament play. We'll see you next time on the Go 24-7 podcast. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity 
When I look at your faces, I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. He is far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.